Welcome to Farm Credit Services of America and Frontier Farm Credits podcast, where our panel of experts take a deeper look at how to leverage crop insurance products to help you take less risk and ultimately feel more in control of the uncontrollable in agriculture. Welcome to our podcast here, Steve Johnson and Farm Credit Services of America, no stranger to each other. How long, Steve, have you been doing the Growing On meetings with us now? Um, 18 years doing Growing On meetings. And the good news is I've slowed down a little bit and we moved to, uh, of course, uh, webinars and that's been a real blessing. I had a lot of chances to travel the exotic roads of South Dakota and Nebraska, Iowa, even Kansas, Northeast Kansas. So I look forward to these podcasts. Yeah, your listeners all over the uh, writing area that we serve, they will know you. They know your voice, obviously. So welcome. We appreciate you taking the time with us here today. You know, risk management decisions for uh, our customers gets very, very complicated. And we're here to try to kind of simplify that. Today, we wanted to talk about farm bill decision. Why don't you give us a little bit, just a, a teaser, or I guess an introduction maybe level set with producers of what we're talking about here today. Yeah, ARC is uh, agricultural risk coverage and PLC is the price loss coverage. This is year number eight. So very few people would not know that these are the commodity crop programs, but they've got their own complexity. This will be the first year, 2021, that a producer will be allowed to make an annual election Mm -hmm. and enrollment. The 14 Farm Bill created a five-year election with annual enrollment. The 18 Farm Bill created a two-year election and an annual enrollment. That's what we did last winter. So now for the next three years, we're going to have an annual decision to make by FSA farm number, by the base acres on that farm. So these are individual decisions that producers will be making. They have until March 15th. There's a deadline. And I think there's a real risk. FSA gets really backed up as we approach that deadline because that enrollment is all going to be by mail or email because of the pandemic. So getting ahead early and understanding our PLC, I think, is critical. And I think the place to start saying is the effective reference prices. Okay, well, let's start right there. If people have forgot what those reference prices are, why don't you tell us, Steve, maybe let's uh, hit on corn, soybeans, and wheat, if you have it. Sure. PLC price loss coverage is only triggered when we have national average cash prices for the marketing year below these prices. Memorize them for the next three years. 370 a bushel corn, 840 a bushel soybeans, 550 a bushel wheat. You've got to have for the entire marketing year, the weighted average cash price below those levels, 370 corn, 840 soybeans, 550 wheat. Last year, corn and wheat were very attractive because it looked like we were going to have national average cash prices below those levels. And lo and behold, 2020, we're not going to trigger PLC on corn base acres or soybean base acres, only on wheat base acres. So The complexity comes with understanding what safety net do I need? Do I need to be protected from extremely low cash prices at the national level, or do I need to pick a revenue product? And that's where the ARC comes in, the agricultural risk coverage product. 
Yeah, I think, uh, you know, those reference prices and kind of how those are determined, the, the payouts are determined. I think the important part there is the marketing year average. You know, I'm just looking back to, you know, last year and oh, every year for that, or the time period that that's figured is September 1st through August 31st. So for 21, we're looking at that not starting, right? That kind of price discovery period is not starting until September 1 and then August 31st of 2022, correct? Correct. And the disadvantage in 21 is that you don't get a lot of information. In mm-hmm. in 15, when we did the five-year election, you knew what was going to happen in 14. You knew whether you're going to get a payment or not, because we didn't really wrap up until summer, a couple months before the end of the marketing year. Last year, we knew whether we were going to get a 19 payment because we were six months in to the marketing year for that 19 crop. We just didn't know the 20 crop. As a result, most of the base acres for corn and and wheat ended up in the PLC program. 80% of the soybean base acres nationwide ended up in our county. Farmers aren't going to have that same uh, lead into what will be these national cash prices for the 21 crop because other than some USDA baseline, most of that information is only coming from private market industry. Yeah, I was just looking up the marketing year average price for 2019 and ended up at 356. And But we knew a lot of that last year. So it's totally different situation this year. We don't know nearly as much information that we did. And so we're kind of shooting from the hip a little bit more. This is probably the way it was intended to be. But yeah, now we just have so little information to go on, except for potentially some of our pricing forecasts. I want to maybe switch gears to the ARC plan. And why don't you just explain to us what that is? Yeah, ARC stands for Agricultural Risk Coverage. It was created in the 2014 Farm Bill, stayed with us in the 2018 Farm Bill. There are actually two different kind of ARC programs. The one you're most familiar with is called ARC County, or we call that ARC-CO. That's the one that has been very popular. It's where most of our corn, soybean base acres were in 14 through 18 crops. It's where our soybeans were last year. It's triggered by a revenue shortfall. And that revenue is at the county level. So this isn't crop insurance. We're talking the Farm Service Agency program. So ARC County, again, is triggered when you have an actual shortfall of revenue at your county. It uses a five-year Olympic average yield times the five-year Olympic average price times 86%. We call that the benchmark revenue. And so by the time you're making these decisions on our county, we'll have tools that are out there that'll say, hey, this is the five years. And those are good five years. We're going to use 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19 for the 21 crop. And those are good yields. So I think there's going to be a lot of attraction to our county in 21 because we're going to bring in those high yields at the county level. And then we're going to bring in the average price. And even though we spent a lot of time at 370 or below over that five-year period, the cup of 370 plays in here. I think we'll see a lot of people interested in our county, especially soybean base acres. So Steve, 93% of those we acres were enrolled in PLC. Do you predict that that trend will continue? I would guess that national average cash price for the 21 wheat crop probably will be below the 550. Yes. I, I think some of the numbers I'm seeing now are 475, 480. 
Yeah, the futures prices are much higher than that. U.S. only produces about 12% of the world's wheat. So yeah, I would guess that most of those base acres for wheat will probably still be elected and enrolled in the PLC program. So let's let's talk about those national cash averages. So let's talk about corn and soybeans. And looking ahead to this 2021 year, as we said before, um, you know they're not going to start being determined until September. Uh, what are you looking at there from a forecast standpoint on both corn and soybeans? I think we're going to have relatively high corn and soybean prices for the 21 crop. It's because we have a great global demand that's taking place. This isn't just about the shortfall of what's going on in the United States and and now South America. The market analysts I follow are using $4 per bushel corn, $10.25 a bushel soybeans. I think those numbers are worth writing down. Okay, let's do the math. If corn comes in at $4 for the marketing year, and we won't know these numbers until fall of 22, and the effective reference price is 370. There is no PLC for soybeans. If the average cash price comes in at 1025, wouldn't that be great, Zane? I think we'd probably be making some money on those 60 and 70 bushel beans. Well, 1025 is much higher than the 840. So I see the PLC payments could be zero. All right, Steve. So bottom line is is that it's not looking like we're going to be dependent on any 21 PLC ARC payments this year. So I, I think what I'm thinking in my head is that if I'm a farmer, I'm, let's go ahead and make that decision. That's fine. But I'm probably going to get into my crop insurance agent and start focusing on the primary risk management tools that I have at, at my disposal. And I think that's uh, your core revenue protection policy option. So whether you take 75, 80, 85%, once you're at that 85% coverage level, do then I start layering on either some endorsements or supplemental product options to lower my deductible. Once I then make that decision, if I in fact do take SCO or supplemental coverage option, I can then turn back to the FSA prior to the deadline and make any of those changes that I that are necessary at that point. In the past, we've seen you know, if you go all the way back to 2014, Steve, we we had some payments to be triggered. It seemed like when we looked out onto the horizon, the, the Art County was going to be the way to go. We had payments that were going to be triggered. This last year, we had PLC uh, payments that we knew we were probably going to get. This year, it doesn't appear that either program are really that viable in terms of payouts, depending on county by county uh, benchmarks, as you're saying. So are we overthinking some of this or are we putting too much time into the decision-making? I think both. I think we're trying to overthink ARC PLC. ARC PLC likely is not gonna trigger many payments for the 20 crop, but now we think, oh my gosh, we got an MFP for two years and now we got the CFAT payment. I think 21 is gonna set us up where we're not gonna get much from the federal government. We're gonna have to get it out of the marketplace And we're going to have to go back to crop insurance and say, you know what, I better spend my time on crop insurance because that's the better safety net than just trying to make an election and an enroll for ARC PLC for the 21 crop. Good thing we're looking at the markets today. We are seeing some pretty positive movement in the corn and soybean market. So likely no MFPs next year. WIP, you know, disasters, stuff like that. I, I mean, right now, if you were to put bet your house on it, would you expect to not see any of those payments coming out in 2021? I do not see those payments come out in 21. 
there'll be a new administration for Farm Service Agency. You've got to get them some time to ramp back up on types of programs. I think that we are going to have to do a good job of marketing. And I think 21 sets us up where we're going to have relatively high market prices. If we want to use that $4 corn and 1025 soybeans. And again, we don't know that. We won't know that number until the fall of 22. I think we want to be less dependent upon ARC PLC. In mm-hmm. fact, prepare your cash flow that I'm not even going to get an ARC PLC payment. And I wouldn't get it I until agree. 22. And I'm probably not going to get a 20 ARC PLC payment because I was in a county that didn't have a, a low yield or I was in the PLC program for corn anyway. I think we want to go down the road and say, you know, ARC PLC is nice, but I am not dependent upon that 5, 10, 15, maybe $20 an acre that I might get for corn prices below 370. I think the likelihood is, is that we're going to stay in ARC County for soybeans. I think uh, most of our base acres are heading for ARC County for corn as well mm-hmm. for 21. And then let's focus on other risk management tools because like I say, I don't think ARC PLC is a very good risk management tool. I'm going to be less dependent upon government money in 21 than I have been in recent history. You know, if producers are thinking, well, what is the best risk management strategy or tool? You might want to talk to your crop insurance agent about SCO because you could potentially see this higher projected price on that product, comparatively speaking. The other thing with, I I want to make this linkage just a little bit here for a second. Our county, as you say, would pay out on 85% of the base acres. Now, one one point I want to try to drive home here is that a lot of our base acres are allocated, at least where I'm from here, to corn. So I'm a little concerned if farmers depend on these farm programs, specifically our county, to be their risk management tool, there could be some variability between their actual planted acres versus what's in the program. Because if they have a small allocation to soybeans, especially, and then on top of that, you only get paid 85% of those base acres. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Um, You know, as a crop insurance agent, this SCO program, supplemental coverage option. A lot of people don't really know about it still, and it's been out a few years, but uh, is there an argument to be made there that we look at that plan? I think there is a limitation when we use base acres and not planted acres. That's why I'm always going to turn to crop insurance first. And that multi-parallel crop insurance, probably revenue protection, that's always where I want to start. I I don't want to start making these decisions based on ARC or PLC, but SCO created in the 14 Farm Bill is linked to only PLC. So if you were going to buy an SCO product in 21, then those base acres on that crop have got to be in the PLC program. And I'm sitting here today saying, I just don't know how many of those corn base acres are going to end up in the PLC program. I'm in the camp that says, yeah, you know, 95% of our bean base acres are probably all heading to our county. And the majority of our corn base acres are probably heading to Arc County. You can't have Arc County as an election enrollment for 21 and then also buy SCO. So I think SCO probably um, was slow starting because uh, most all of our base acres were in Arc County for 14 to 18. Mm-hmm. Beans are still in Arc County, probably again in 21. Maybe it's only corn that I'm looking at. I think this is somewhat nuanced enough 
And I think, as you pointed out earlier, at the county benchmark level, knowing what those yields, the five-year Olympic average gives you, if they're set high enough, you know, we can see a high benchmark revenue for the ARC plan that still may entice people to go ARC on corn. But I think the best advice I can give customers is see your crop insurance agent, see somebody that can help you through that decision-making process. And uh, as I tell a lot of our uh, producers, you got to get in and see, we have a tool that we can provide customers that show them each county, what are those benchmark revenues for each county? Because it is it is an important decision. I think, as we said, you don't want to overthink it too much because here we are saying we're likely not going to see any payments for 2021 on the ARC PLC decision. Layering these products call endorsements onto our revenue protection is becoming much more popular. And so would tell producers, reach out to your crop insurance agent to talk through how you can stack some of those other products on top. But I want to get back a little bit here to the ARC PLC decision. As you said, it is a March 15th decision. Is that correct, Steve? Yeah, that is a deadline. If I wanted to enroll today, I can do that today. All you have to do is contact your local FSA office. They would welcome farmers contacting them now because they're afraid that farmers are going to back these decisions right back up into February and March like they did last year. And remember, these local county offices, they're all working by mail and email. You don't drop by your FSA office anymore. So I think giving them a lead time, they would welcome farmers contacting them and saying, hey, I want to elect and enroll. All right, Steve. So they can get in there now. If I elect today and enroll and I change my mind come uh, middle of February, can I just change at any point in time? Yes. You have until March 15th to change your mind. The fact is, is that you're helping FSA by making these early decisions and electing and enrolling by FSA farm number, by crop base acres. And then you can still contact them if you change your mind. And I think uh, farmers need to realize that. I call this the early adopter model, Zane, where farmers need to start making these decisions in December, January, not February and March. Well, we we tell our producers every year, it, there's no sense in waiting till March 15th to make your crop insurance decision. You know, once that price is in the discovery period or even before, go ahead and make that decision. If the premium changes 25 cents, are you going to change it, uh, you know, from 80 to 85%? In most cases, our producers say no. So we tell them to go ahead and elect their crop insurance coverage. Be early, be proactive about it. You can always change your mind before March 15th. Steve, we uh, really thank you for your time here today. Get out there and and see your crop insurance agent and uh, we'll see you next time. Sounds good. Stay safe.